Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness, and welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, June 11th. 2021, what's going on? Year four of the Beantown Podcast. How are you? I introduced the podcast to a new friend today, literally a new friend, uh, my friend of the podcast, Haley Benson, who's been on before back in year one. She has a new uh, SO, and Mike, shout out to Mike if you're if you're catching this episode, Good to meet you. I hope you're doing well. I told Mike about the time Haley was on the show and said, yeah, it was you know, back in 2018. And he was like, wow, you've been running this show for quite some time. And I was like, welcome to Beantown, baby. Um, my name is Quinn, and this is my show. I'm the producer, editor, director, script supervisor, head of the second unit, all that stuff for this show. Before I, I say anything else, before I forget... A quick shout-out, happy birthday to my sister, Abby Furness. Sister of the podcast, been on many, many times. You know her as a fantasy football expert. Um, you know her as other things as well. She'll always be my sister. Happy birthday to my sister, 25. She can now rent a car without exorbitant fees. And she's got one year left on the parents' health insurance. So... Pretty exciting stuff. But happy birthday to my sister, Abby Furness. Uh, Folks, today, today we're going to jump right into it. It's a Power Rankings show. We're bringing back the ever-popular Power Rankings segment. And I want to give a thank you to all of my friends and fans and followers on Facebook, actually. Of all places, uh, I conducted a poll or a sort of call to action for the listeners yesterday I said we're doing we're doing some power rankings today what would you like to see us rank and i got to say this we got a lot of engagement i think there are at least like 10 comments something like that which is pretty good for this show especially on facebook where there's just not a lot of action you know, you do something on instagram or twitter oftentimes you get you get a decent amount of conversation flowing but facebook can be tougher but we got a lot of great suggestions and i'm not just saying that we had one come in late, the midnight hour. In fact, I think it was today it came in from brother of the podcast, Walter Furness. And I was a big fan of the suggestion, and uh, we're going to run with it. So I apologize to most of the people listening because you're not really going to be able to uh, personally identify with a lot of it. But I'm going to do my best to be as descriptive with my words and my reasoning as possible. And hopefully, you will enjoy. So, folks, today, we are power ranking the top 10 pools in northern Illinois. Let's call it high school slash college pools, okay? Uh, because we're not, we're not going to go to, like, the Rockford Park District outdoor pools, right? There's no magic waters on this list. No... Uh, what was the name of that one up on Riverside suntan pool, something like that? It was something strange like that. I never went. Uh, we are we're we're sticking to strictly the high school scene and very ever so slightly the college scene. I got to tell you, 
pools wise, there was, you know, there was the pool, like a club of some kind. I don't remember dolphin swim club, something like that, that, uh, joy Wyrock either managed or I don't know exactly what her role was, but that was out there on next to that, uh, gymnastics place. Was that on Spring Creek or Spring Brook or something? But then kind of around the corner where some old friends, the Perkins, used to live. I don't remember exactly how you get back in there, but dear friend of the the show, PJ Schiller, Peter Joseph Schiller, was a lifeguard there when we were in high school. And in the summers... It, it was like a it was like a like a homeowners condos association sort of thing. You had to be like an exclusive member who lived in the neighborhood to get access, and thus it was always very quiet. But PJ would be on guard, literally, and I would stop at the Taco Bell and get him uh, him and I some ninety nine cent roll ups. You know, kind of like Burrito Junior. It'd basically just be like rice and ground beef. And cheese sauce, but I'd pick us up some of those, and we I would come to the end of his shifts, and we would just hang out and shoot the breeze. I think the pool itself was called Spring Brook, although I don't recall. Um, and yeah, I got into the the very exclusive members only swimming pool. Those types of pools are not going to be on the list, folks. Before we get started, I'll mention listener discretion is advised. When you are listening to the Beantown Podcast, number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible, although I think today is going to be fun. We're throwing it back to our Rockford roots and more generally the Rock River Valley. And I, I, I'll say this. We're going to get right into it. You know, there will be, there'll be nostalgia stories, comments along the way, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in. Once we get started, and we'll we'll briefly mention our sponsors at the halfway point. You know, when with these power rankings, we usually do half ad reads, and then the other half. We're gonna we're gonna move pretty quickly. The reason for that it's it's already nine fifteen p.m. The night kind of got away from me, um, because we were out after the the Cubs game. I didn't go to the Cubs game. I was working, but I went out after the Cubs game. It was opening day two point to some to a bar with some friends. By the time you come back, pick up groceries, make dinner, eat dinner, clean up after dinner. Now it's 9:15, which isn't that late for a Friday night, right? But I'm I'm waking up early to run in the morning. And frankly, I still got a shower. I haven't showered yet today, and I'm feeling stinky. So I got to do all that before I go to bed and wake up early, okay? So that's the plan. We've got everything out of the way. And let's jump into our power rankings. So the first thing, the only preface I really have, is that there's a lot. There's there's many more pools than the ones we're going to name. Okay. So if I leave your favorite off the list, it's not because I think number ten on the list is better than what I excluded. It's simply because I didn't personally have a lot of individual knowledge and or memories attached to it, okay? So if you want to write in, you know, if we, we, if we have any, let's say, 
Eric Walker's listening or Jeff Gullitz, you know, any of or, or Jack Tribble or Kenny Tribble, any of those folks listening to the show this week, whether it's BeantownPodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Castbox, Player FM, whatever. Okay. Apple Podcasts. Google Play Store, wherever you're listening. If I didn't include your favorite on the list, I apologize. It wasn't meant to leave anyone out. It's just what we had to work with, okay? So there's 10 in the list, and in no particular order, here's the list of 10 that we're power ranking, okay? We are going, and it's a lot of Nick 10 schools, well, the ones that have pools, for the most part, are represented here. Uh, on our list, we have Auburn, Jefferson, Boylan, Rockford College, Byron, Harlem, Guilford, East, Freeport, and Eisenhower. A little middle school action for you. Uh, you might have noticed a couple that are not on the list, perhaps you were hopeful for. I'm thinking like... Does Hananiga have a pool? Presumably, because they're so good. I, however, don't believe I ever swam up there. I also did not include uh, Barrington. I did not include Sterling, which you might have expected. I am going to give a special shout-out, however, to the Sterling, the now defunct Sterling Outdoor Pool. I don't really recall the interior of Sterling, although I swam there multiple times. But I think it it was, you know, in club before high school. I once won a a quick claim to fame when I was eight years old. This is a true story. My crowning athletic achievement in life. I won the eight and under 25-yard breaststroke at... uh, I don't know what it was called, Junior Olympics, something like that. Domination on the part of, of the Quinster, okay? Big claim to fame there. Eight and under 25-yard breaststroke. The ultimate sprint, Phelps style. Um, so, but, but Sterling had an outdoor park on it. I believe it was an island in the Rock River. And I, don't, I never swam at that outdoor pool. Because I didn't typically swim club in the summers. I played baseball. But we would go. There was a lot of outdoor space. Great for for throwing the ball around. Have a picnic. Bring some fun size Doritos. Some pudding. When's the last time you had pudding? We had it. You know, 15 years ago. But we had it. Uh, so shout out to the Sterling Pool. And just down. Now, while, while we're down there. And the, the you know Rock River getting closer to where it feeds into the Illinois River. I actually wrote this down. An honorable mention, but I'm going to call it a dishonorable mention, to Morrison High School. And here here is my reasoning. They didn't have a deep end. Okay? But we swam there many, many times throughout, you know, the the career, but 
one time in particular, I think it was my senior year or perhaps my junior year of swimming, they had diving blocks. I think at a certain point they had them and then they took them out and then they brought them back. I don't know the full history. But when we swam there, they had diving blocks. And again, let me repeat this. There is no deep end. The pool is like four feet. And you're, you're doing normal starts off the blocks, which if, for the non-swimmers listening, if you don't know, a, you know, a swimming block is, I don't know, what, a meter high, something like that. So imagine jumping, diving into a pool, hands and head first into a shallow pool. It, it was just like scared to death. And I recall in one of my events, one of my races, because I, I honestly, when we did warm-ups, you know, you do two sprints from the blocks, whatever, to get a feel for it. And in one of them, I think I scraped my either my nose or my my peck or my belly, something like that. Something just grazed the bottom. No, no injury or anything, but there was contact, which is not uncommon because I was a pretty deep diver. And so, obviously... You want to make an adjustment, but it's it's kind of hard without, you know, getting a ton of practice reps to just be like, okay, I'm not going to dive as shallow or as deep, you know, to just like just make a, you know, flip a switch and decide it. Like, that's hard. So, in one of my events, I pretty much belly flopped off the blocks, and I remember getting out and the official laughing at me. And it's just like, I could have done a normal dive and cracked my skull open and died and sued the Morrison Public School District, whatever, for so much money. And then we would see who is laughing. Okay? And that's all I want to say about that because I'm getting worked up. And my laptop is down to 55%, which is like... 10 minutes. Um, so dishonorable mention to Morrison High School. Do, be better, okay? Construct a, a, a deep end, if you will. Okay, so folks, coming in at number 10, and I, I wanted, I, I didn't want to include pools on the list that I wasn't familiar so much with because obviously I can't do much discussion, but there are a couple, Number 10 is Freeport, the pretzels, straight west of Rockford along Highway 20. And TBH, I don't know that much about Freeport, but I'm pretty sure it's a very rough old pool. And I tell you what, if if anyone out there is listening who is more familiar with the pretzels and the pretzel pool, email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, it's beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. And let us know your thoughts. We'll read them live on the air on the next show, okay? The, the Freeport Pretzels, not a fan, okay? Uh, number nine, and it pains me to say, to put this pool at number nine. And in fact, you know what I'm going to do? Live on air, I'm switching eight and nine just because with nine, there was nostalgia. With eight, there was just pain, and so I figure, why don't, we, why don't we flip? So our original eight, but coming in at number nine now, Eisenhower Middle School. I didn't spend a lot of time at Eisenhower. 
There was one year, I believe, of club swimming where, for a time, our normal home of Rockford College was unavailable. I think some, you know, co-ed pooped in the pool or something. So for about a month or so, my brother Jack and I, we were in the same, you know, lane, division, whatever. We swam at Eisenhower, and it was the worst. The pool was extremely cold. The pool was extremely cloudy. The lane lines were razor blades. Our coach was this skinny little guy named Jeff. I don't know his last name. I just remember him being awful and not kid-friendly. One time after practice, Jack and I were getting dressed in the locker room, and along comes Nathan Kronikus. Yeah, I know. Fun name, right? Krinikas. K-R-I-N-I-C-K-A-S. Someone want to do a Google search, see what see what Krinikas is up to these days? I was Facebook friends with him at a certain point. Um, but Nathan Krinikas had quit the club team. I think he was he was more interested in Connery at that point. The singing boys of Rockford, Con- Connery, led by Joel Ross, who worked at Randy's. Cool guy. But the thing that pissed me off was he just came in and he was, I don't know if he was doing rat tails or just being being smug as only Nathan Krenikis could be. And it just always, in hindsight, pissed me off because he quit swimming and then came back to swim for Auburn and was a damn good swimmer. Uh, breaststroke, 100 free, something like that. Um, I don't recall exactly what his events were in high school. But uh, I, back, back to the point uh, to stay on, on task here. Eisenhower, it was so cloudy. It was so cold. You could not see where you were going. And then you would conveniently, occasionally, what felt like splitting your hand open on the lane lines was just a deep red gash. But unpleasant nonetheless uh the original nine and i said you know when i started talking about it, i was like oh it's gonna pay me to say it we bumped it down to eight but that's that's about as high as i can put it guys east high school coming in at number eight and it, it it's tough because east was our temporary home for one or two years when rock when the college wasn't available for whatever reason but the thing with east i remember just like every day you'd walk in and because we were white private school kids i just honestly like i remember walking through the halls of east to for a very you know short distance to get from the entrance to the locker room and just the the kind of crowd of of people District 205's finest, 215, 205, I don't recall. Ju- the, you know, the, the crop of student hanging around in those hallways at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. on a weekday just uh, scared, scared me, okay? I'm 15 years old. I'm sheltered, extremely sheltered. So you're already scared getting into that locker room. The locker room was kind of big and cavernous. 
and you couldn't really see much because the lockers were really tall. And the showers were way off to the side. They were wide open. And never could I get a good, consistent shower with the, the combination you're looking for. Good water pressure and good temperature. Never in my life did I have a good shower at East High School. The Erabs, home of Rockford legend Eric Walker. I still check in on that guy's Facebook from time to time. I don't think it's gotten a lot of action lately. But East, East was very cold, which I know is probably better for times, but when you got to go in there every, excuse me, every day for practice, unpleasant. Uh, East, the water tended to get really choppy. I remember swimming in outside lanes sometimes, and it felt like I was, like, hanging 10 off the coast of Maui or something. Like, my, I, my, my kickboard could have doubled as a bonsai, you know, surfboard kind of deal. And then the ultimate, well, two, two more things. Number one, when we had to practice at East, we would do dry land, which for people who aren't swimmers, dry land is just like a 30-minute like workout you would do in your own home, okay? Free, free, free weight. We're talking push-ups, crunches, leg lifts, flutter kicks, box kicks, naked mud wrestling, all that stuff. We had to do it in this room that was between the pool and the outdoors in what was affectionately labeled by Mike Kirby as the meat locker. And because swim season goes from about November to February, it was cold as balls because you're in this extremely drafty building that was probably constructed in the 1920s, 30s, I don't know. And you are right next to the doors to the outside. And those babies are not trapping in the heat at all. And you would have to do dry land in there. Your nipples would be so hard. You could, you know, carve into the bottom of the pool when you, got, when you jump back in. If you were at Morrison, your nipples would have been touching the bottom of the pool when you are on the starting blocks. That was bad. Here was the worst thing about East. And I don't recall if it was just a one-year thing or if it was always like this because it was just the one year where we were consistently in there for you know months at a time, weeks at a time. They had some sort of chlorine imbalance of some kind going on. And anyone who's on the team that year, I think this must have been 20, 2010, 2011, something like that, you would literally... I, I you would finish a set or you know a, a twenty five a fifty a hundred whatever you were swimming, which in, if you don't know swimming that's just one one length of the pool or two lengths one length is twenty five yards okay so when you say a hundred that's four lengths two laps, you would come up hacking, not like Javier Baez at the plate literally wheezing, you could not you could you could barely breathe. There was so much chlorine. Something was going on in that pool. I don't know what. But I would I remember just finishing touching the wall, coming up to breathe and just coughing for 15 to 20 seconds straight, unable to do anything but just cough. And when you're in the middle of a 800 
125 IMs on the 145, my friends, that is not fun. Okay? So that I, I probably say more about East individually than almost any other pool. The Lopen relays were fun, though. Those were at East, right? Or Jefferson, I don't recall. Was there at East relays that were different? I think there was Lopen and Auburn, right? We'll get to them in a second. Uh, you would you would have the wackiest events. It would be like 25, or no, it would be like a 50, 50 of one stroke, 100 of one stroke, and 150 of one stroke. The only time you ever swim 150 breaststroke. I think Hans Reinhardt swam a 150 breaststroke at about 325 one year. That kid was fast. Uh, at number seven, Jefferson High School. I don't have too much to say about Jefferson, other than the pool itself seemed fine. Spacious seating. Uh, I don't recall there being much in the way of deck space. I think Jefferson, for its, its poor reputation, kind of academically as a high school, the pool was probably one of the better parts about the experience. Um, but I just recall, and granted, I know this is silly to kind of hear me say, but I just recall always feeling lost in that locker room. I could; ne- It always took me forever to figure out which way's up, which way's down, where am I going? Because the locker room itself is confusing, but then you leave the locker room and you're in this like twisted labyrinth of classrooms and hallways in the basement. Just trying, like, how do I, how do I get upstairs? Can someone help me, please? And then I think you had to walk directly through the gym just to get from the entrance. We must have gone through the back entrance or something, but to get from the entrance to the entrance to the the stairway to go into the basement where you could get into the locker room, I always struggle to find that entrance too. Jefferson was a labyrinth, and I was like the minotaur hunting for prey. Number six, a holiday special, Boylan Catholic High School. Uh, What was the Boylan mascot? Were they the the Titans? Is that right? Boylan Titans? Uh... You, we swam one meet a year at Boylan. It was weird. They, what, did, what was Boylan? They had five events, was it? The 100 free, 100 IM, 100 breast, 100 fly, and 100 back. I think that's what it was. And you would swim four of them. So there was always one or two events you had to swim that were just awful. Because who wants – it, liter- it would literally be like two days after Christmas. You hadn't been practicing. You were sluggish. You'd think, oh, maybe you'll be fresh, but not me. Probably other people. That's why Hans Reinhardt was, you know, he, he would finish those 100 breasts in at least 135 at Boylan. So you knew he was, he was feeling rested. But it was just never fun because Boylan was a far drive from us, other side of town. You'd have to get there at, you know, 7 a.m. I always... Warm-ups are a whole separate thing in swimming. But at some of the busier meets, you would have literally like 15 people in one lane swimming warm-ups. And just looking back on that now, 
from a sheer space perspective and a necessity perspective, I understand. Like, I get it. And I got it back then. But it just seems so absurd. The amount of middle schoolers, high schoolers, whatever, you would have crammed into one little lane to try to swim. I don't, I don't, looking back in hindsight, I honestly don't think warm-ups really did that much. All it did was, like, you got really cold, and then you have to get off, get out and try to dry off and get warm. I honestly believe that I would have been more effective to just do a good stretch and then just start from scratch with whatever event I had. That's probably not, like, karmic to say in the swimming world, but I, I don't want to, like... Because you would have to swim... Right, you got 10, 15 kids in one lane. So you couldn't, you're not like doing normal laps. Okay, you're swimming like halfway, and then, oh, you reach the end of the line, and then you wait, and you're like hanging on lane lines, waiting for it to be your turn, yada, 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 and then repeat for like 10 minutes, and then do a couple starts off the block. Not, just not not conducive to success, in my opinion. Uh, And I recall, and this happened at many places, traditionally the bigger meets but boylan warm-ups were always just a shit show and boylan there there was such limited deck space we would literally get crammed all the way into the back corner against the outside wall boylan had a very small like cool down pool that was more like a hot tub from a size perspective and we would just be huddled around that, just waiting for your turn to come up. This was, you know, like a four-hour meet, something like that. Insane. Right after Christmas, the last thing you want to do on, like, a random Saturday morning or whenever it was. I was not a fan of the boiling meat. Their pool, okay, but almost no deck space, always flooded, and you always had to look at Jack Tribble. Okay? Uh that was number six. I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors here at the Beantown Podcast, Cuts by Q. If you need a fresh do, you know who to call. He's me, 815-298-7200, or you can go to uh, – you can email us, Beantown Pod, or cutsbyq at yahoo.com, and that's cuts, Q-E-T-Z, by Q at yahoo.com, or you can go to beantownpodcast.com slash cutsbyq. That's a good option. Excuse me, a good option as well. Uh, the Samson Q2U series. It's got crisp, clear audio quality. It's biblical in proportion. And when God speaks, he uses a Samson. And finally, Home Pride, Oregon. If, folks, let me tell you, home prices are going up through the wazoo. You don't want to miss out on these rock-solid prices. Call Steve. His number is 541-410-0316. He'll get your home inspected at a rate you can trust. Contractor certified, home inspector certified. Give him a call or go to homeprideorgan.com. Tell him Quinn sent you. 0% off referral. Okay, so so far we had a dishonorable mention of Morrison. We had a little shout out to the Sterling Outdoor Pool. Number 10, Freeport. Number 9, Eisenhower. Number 8, East. 7, Jefferson. 6, Boylan. So here we go. Coming in at number 5. Auburn High School. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't remember that much about Auburn. 
And I don't have that much to say, so I'm not going to blab here. I'm just going to tell you what I recall of Auburn, very limited deck space. I remember every meet you go to, the deck by, you know, the second event. By the way, how what, what's the order of events in a high school swim meet? I think I recall the first event being the medley relay, the last event being the four-by-one Towards the end was the breaststroke, and the 4 by 50 was, like, the fourth from the end, something like that. Uh, the 500 was, like, right in the middle. And that was, that was you know, it, and if you have, like, a three-hour movie, that was the second act where just you get up and go to the bathroom because you're not missing anything, let me tell you. Uh, I could go on and on about where things fit in the order, but I don't, frankly, I don't recall exactly how things functioned 100 free that was probably close to the start right uh, i could probably look it up uh, is there like a, a high school swimming s- probably probably not right i was gonna say is there a set order probably i don't think so like unified across the country my dad would probably know we'll get his insights and report back um what i remember of auburn other than nathan Krinikis, did i i i miss not misspoke. I stumbled over my words and almost said naked Nathan Krinikis. It's not what we call them. But alas, I, 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 I am sure at some point he was naked. And I've probably seen him naked. Okay? Nathan, if you're listening, rough episode. It gets better. Okay? We don't, do, we don't talk about high school swimming that frequently on the show. 180 episodes in. First or second time it's coming up. Um... I just recall Auburn, half an hour into the event, the deck was completely flooded. And so if you had, you know, a duffel bag or anything that you'd brought with you and there weren't any chairs left and it had to be on the floor, that baby was underwater. Okay? Um, That's about all I can recall from Auburn High School. I don't think Auburn had much in the way of seating compared to, you know, a a Rockford Christian or a Jefferson. I think it was just like three rows of bleachers running along one side, which is not much. Number four was the other one on our list that I haven't been. But the reason I put it so high is because Guilford High School has a reputation as being the rich white public school in Rockford. And Zach Durango went there. And I think Zach Durango was rich and white. And I am just assuming, as someone who I am pretty sure never swam at Guilford, I'm just assuming they had a nice pool. Considering the, the overall state of Rockford Public Schools, when things were constructed, etc., it's probably in the same echelon of an Auburn or a Jefferson, right? It's probably got that vibe. But I just assume they probably had some extra money lying around at some point for some upgrades better shower pressure lane lines i don't feel like they're slicing your hands open cheerleaders so that's my that's my take on guilford without ever having been there number three harlem high school uh i never had to practice at harlem but generations of rockford christian swimming that came after me that became their permanent home 
And so I, I, I've spent a little bit of time there. One, just attending, attending some practices when I was in college. And then two, uh, I did lifeguard training at Harlem High School. And it just seemed like a solid, solid pool. Like, no complaints. They had some diving boards, which were cool. It was a nice six-lane pool. Ample seating. The uh, the end was like windows to the outside. Kind of got like a U.S. Bank Stadium kind of vibe going on. The the locker rooms were completely fine. Com- you know, met met the needs of the people very well. And I just never had any issues with Harlem High School. The water temperature was normal. There was one women's uh, girls swim meet when I was in high school, and I. Uh, <laughs> I went there. I went to a meet one time with Caleb Segrin to cheer on the women's team when I was, you know, junior in high school, something like that. And I think it was the four by one hundred relay. It was the last race. I think Bree Patchen was swimming the anchor, and <laughs> it's her. She's she's the caboose of the race, so she's the last person to jump in. The third leg touches the wall. She dives in, and I swear to God, she comes up in another lane. And uh, DQ Dawkins was not there, but if he would have been, he would have given the immediate disqualification hand signal. And she was disqualified. And, I mean, what are you supposed to do in that situation? You're DQ'd. You're out of there. Um, but it felt kind of bad, but it was also hilarious. And speaking of disqualifications, I got disqualified one time in my swimming career. It was early in, a, in like, a throwaway high school dual meet or something. I think I was swimming fly in the medley relay, and Hans Reinhardt was swimming the breaststroke leg. He was a, a millimeter and a half from the from touching the wall, and that little son of a bitch pulls back for another stroke, like in the felt the classic Phelps uh, fly out touch by one one hundredth of a second, right? Kind of trying to do that strategy, except. The exact opposite. Or the same thing, but it had the exact opposite effect. And I, I dove in before because I'm, I, I don't like to play the blame game, but I'm taking zero responsibility for that disqualification, okay? Not to mention putting, putting me on the fly leg of a medley relay, questionable. I had okay butterfly sprint speed. But I can never keep it up for 100. Just like my sexual performance. Can't keep it up. Uh, <laughs> number two. Uh, Byron High School. I was always a big Byron fan. It was just that your big meets were at Byron. Both club and high school. I love, still to this day, I love the drive along Route 2 from the airport down to Byron and eventually, you know, all the way down to, you know, Dixon, Oregon, Sterling, Morrison, whatever. We talked about all that already. But it's such a pretty drive, especially I love just the scenery in the winter, the frozen-ish river, the trees, the nuclear power plant, and the Chernobyl-like qualities. It was just a lovely time. And great seating, rowdy atmosphere, engaged crowd all the time. 
standard locker rooms. We even took some photos in there one time to celebrate something. I don't know. I think it's illegal to take pictures in a locker, and we did it anyways. Showers, good. You always had a spot. They had those little, like, poles that had, like, five different spots on, on them. A nice mist. Great temperatures. Uh, quality locker rooms. I remember being in, in club and you'd hang out in the gym across the hallway. Real nice big gym. And, uh, yeah, sitting on those, sitting on, what, sleeping bla- sleeping bags on a hardwood floor. What a time to be alive. You get a big cookie if you win your heat. Uh, but, no, Byron was just, like, cool cool water temperatures, but I, I would say crisp. Not so cool that it's debilitating. Good starting blocks, good grip. Amp, you know, solid seating. They always treated us well. When we would go down there for, like, sectionals or whatever, there was one section of bleachers kind of off in the corner that they always gave us, and it was it was great. You know, good energy, people always cheering each other on. That's the other thing I just remember, cheers. We would do, not the TV show, the chanting. Every team in like a sectional meet or a conference meet, prior to the start of the, the activities, the medley relay, you'd go around and each team had their own chant. Ours was in Spanish, which was ironic because there wasn't a single underrepresented minority at our entire school. But it translated to Dance Dance Revolution. And followed by chanting of Che Guevara, just his first name. I don't know if, if was that like a Josh, uh, I was going to say Josh Reddick. He's an athlete. Uh, speaking of athletes, was that a Josh Norick relic? Anyone chime in? Hunter Nelson, anyone? Uh, I don't know. Baila, baila, revolucion. Che, 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 che. Repeat. And we also, and this brings us to our number one in the power rankings, and you knew it was going to be number one. A little eulogy. Rockford College, now Rockford University, but the the OG golden days down there by uh, Greeley Field. Is that what it's called where the football team plays? In the uh, Seaver Aquatic Center, Athletic Center, something like that. I'm fuzzy on the details. I apologize. It's been years. Um the Rockford College pool, the most, maybe not the most, but something that is underrated, rarely talked about, worth mentioning, because we almost never got to have meets there, ample seating, both sides, probably the most seating of any pool in the state line area. I think that's accurate. You, that, you, you, had, you could sit for days, a new spot every hour, and be there for years. Uh, it, it's always easy to uh, overestimate how great your home pool is. But I, Rockford College had everything. You had a gym across the way. You had great locker room space. You had the swim locker room and the football locker room, which was, like, off limits and always felt, like, kind of spooky as a kid. You had two different shower areas. The small area for JV and then the back area, you had your shower. It was warm. 
great shower pressure. We would sing in there hymns, doxology. Scott Guthrie had a rich tenor voice. Great harmony. You had the bathrooms, if you went through the door and all the way to the back hallway, great bathroom quality in there. Uh, Way better than taking a shit in the toilet literally off to the side of the pool. Or the one in the next to the like coach's office, I guess you would say. I never really went into that bathroom either. Just directly across from the gym entrance. Um, but always good water temperature. Real fun to dive into the deep end. Go all the way to the bottom. You feel your ear pressure light up and go crazy. And that was just a cool sensation. Great blocks. Fun diving board, real good acoustics, quality flags, and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting, oh, the boiler room. Yeah, occasionally, like once a year, the door to the boiler room, which is more or less in the locker room, would just be carelessly left open. And I got to tell you, we would go down there and it's... Like I, I call it, we call it the boiler room, but it was an entire network of hallways and rooms and tubing and piping underneath the pool. It was like that uh, that nutty putty cave in Utah where that kid died and they sealed it up. That was what the boiler room was like. You were in the basement and then you took stairs to go to the next basement. It was so cool. It was so hot down there. And I remember one time, like my junior, senior of high school, we explored. And we went way back into the recesses. Probably, we were probably like underneath downtown Rockford by that point. And I remember it was spooky, spooktober, like an actual horror movie. We got to this one room and there was a very dimly lit lamp that was had been left on. All the way in the back corner of the room behind a whole bunch of stuff, there was a tiny desk not like the fun NPR kind, but an actual tiny desk with a notebook and numbers scribbled in there, and it looked fresh. And we got out of there because we were spooked. The light was still on. It was scary. Uh, Rockford College, rest in peace. The pool has been, I don't even know. I mean, what do you think they did? I, I suppose pretty much anyone can just like walk into that athletic center and check it out i don't know what they did i could probably find out um but they sealed up the pool they hadn't fielded a team since like the early 2000s i think a swim team um so i don't know what they maybe like resurfaced it put another gym in uh, another like hardwood floor in there that may, might make sense but uh rest in peace rockford college the og gone but never forgotten uh my laptop is down to 12 percent we are running out of juice, and I mentioned I was going to try to keep it shorter, and here we are in minute 48. And I apologize for that, but I hope, and to be perfectly honest, I know that this podcast was only relevant to about five people listening here, but that's better than no one. And I just hope that for those of you who did stick around, who know anything about swimming pools in the state line area that you had some fun coming down 
nostalgia lane with me tonight. And that's all I got to say about it. So I hope everyone has a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed this week's installment of the Bean Tom Podcast. Next week is Father's Day. And I thought about this for a hot second yesterday. We got to come up with our fourth annual Father's Day song. And the, the even more extreme part about it, I got to come up with it in less than a week because I'm going to be out of town next weekend in Milwaukee. So if you have any good ideas for Father's Day, Father's Day tunes, leave us a voicemail. You can do the John Tesh thing where he was out of town and he came up with Round Ball Rock and he calls his answering machine and records the demo and yada, yada, yada. I'm open. I'm amenable to it. And I don't, I screen my calls anyways. So it works. That's what I got for you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's installment of the Bean Tom Podcast. Again, you can always email us beantompodcastyahoo.com. That's beantompodcastyahoo.com. You can find all our shows and a whole lot more, including the Cuts by Q archives and the Bean Tom blog at www.beantompodcast.com. Wish me luck on my run tomorrow and wish me some cloud cover, okay? More importantly, that's what I got. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay sane. And I'm going to check in on you next time. Bye. And sorry to Nathan Kritikus. <laughs>